So having gone through some of that, the needs that we see in our congregation that weigh on us, the heavy needs of our community and world around us that weigh on us, we come into this week then, a week when we're supposed to give thanks. How do we do that? How do we give thanks to God in ways that acknowledge some of those things around us and still appropriately express gratitude because God is still active. He's still there. He still works among his people and his world. As we think about that, we think about that today with this message about thanksgiving that comes to us and how it is that we celebrate that. Thanksgiving. As we go into that and we think about what that means Maybe it's the same for you as it is for me. I, it, it happens for me that Thanksgiving is that day, right, Thursday, when a lot of what happens in the day centers around gathering with family or friends at a meal, a big meal with lots of food, delicious food. Here's my temptation that on a day like Thanksgiving, I'm going to eat way more than what I really need to eat because it's there and because it's so delicious. So even though I'll fill up my plate and I'll get what I need, I'll fill it up again and keep eating, even if I don't need any more, but it's there. Thanksgiving. It's that temptation where I have to, yeah, stuff myself a little too full on things that I know they're good for me, but I go past the line to where, all right, now it's a little too much. So, so maybe Thanksgiving is one of those areas where I need to establish a little bit of portion control. And that's what I want to talk about today. Portion control. right? Knowing when enough is enough and, and when it's good for me. Because, you know, when I practice some good habits of portion control, everything turns out better. right? If, if I go into that Thanksgiving meal and I say, you know, here's enough because I know I'm hungry and I need to eat something because it's good for my body, but, but if I know what that line is and cut it off there and don't keep stuffing myself fuller and fuller beyond that, then I get to this point of realizing, you know what? I'm healthier, I'm happier, I'm more content because I'm not so stuffed full that way. Portion control is a habit that helps that. But Thanksgiving is about more than just eating food, Right? Thanksgiving is that holiday when we also give thanks to God for all of the blessings that he's provided for us. For blessings not only of the harvest that we enjoy and the food that we eat, but blessings of the talents and abilities that we have to do the work that we have for the jobs that we hold. Or, or blessings of family and friends and those around us who help support us and nurture us. So many blessings that we enjoy that we give thanks to God for. So I wonder if this habit of portion control that I know I have to use at a Thanksgiving dinner might also be a good habit to keep in mind with all of those other things that I experience and give thanks for on Thanksgiving. I think the answer to that is yes. And I'm going to read a passage that gives us a little explanation about that from Ecclesiastes. This is... Uh, a book that's in the Old Testament that is supposedly written by Solomon. We don't know that for sure, but Solomon, the wise king who says all of these wise proverbs, writes this book of wisdom like Ecclesiastes. I like Ecclesiastes. It's, it's sort of the Old Testament version, maybe, of what the letter of James is in the New Testament. 
right? James and Ecclesiastes, both these books of the Bible that, that seem to give really down-to-earth, common-sense advice and observations about the world we live and, and the outlook that we have upon that world. So Ecclesiastes does that. Common-sense advice about the world that we live in. Observations about our outlook upon the world. All right. So today, under the topic of thanksgiving, these words that come from Ecclesiastes 5, where he says this, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on them? The sleep of a laborer is sweet, whether they eat little or much. But as for the rich, their abundance permits them no sleep. I've seen a grievous evil under the sun, wealth hoarded to the harm of its owners, or wealth lost through some misfortune, so that when they have children, there is nothing left for them to inherit. Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. This, too, is a grievous evil. As everyone comes, so they depart. And what do they gain since they toil for the wind? All their days they eat in darkness with great frustration, affliction, and anger. Now, this is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given to them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil. This is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Ecclesiastes. Right? The, the wisdom writer here is talking about what it means for us to hold our wealth and possessions in the right way. And going into this week of Thanksgiving, when often those are the things that we include in that list of things that we are thankful to God for, right? We're thankful to God for all the blessings he provides. There's a word, I think a little bit of a word of caution in this, about how we give thanks for that what that means for us. Let me break down a little bit of this as we work through this passage, all right? First of all, there's two sections to this passage. There's two ways that the wisdom writer talks about this. Verses 10 through 17 are verses in which it's, it's proverb, sort of a poetic proverb. And it's that poetic proverb that talks about the dangers of excessive wealth or hoarding wealth and possessions. And then, in the last three verses, 18, 19, and 20, there's another section. That's a section in which the wisdom writer turns it around and says, but wait, there's a good side to this. There's an upside to the possessions and wealth that we have as well. 
that we hold a balance between those things. So it's not as though having wealth and possessions is bad in itself, but there is an appropriate place in our lives to receive them. That's what he's after in this. All right, let's work that out and see what that means, how this goes. I've included in your notes here a couple of Hebrew words that are key to this passage because they're repeated at various points, right? The, the first word that I have in there is the Hebrew word akal. Hebrew word akal is translated in various ways. You see it in this passage mostly as eat or consume, but it also carries the nuance of using up or finishing, right? It's taking something in. It happens five times in the verses that I read here. I only read 10 verses today. So five times in those 10 verses, this Hebrew word shows up. This is what the wisdom writer is talking to us about. He's talking to us about all the things that we consume in our lives, right? Food is one of those things, but and more broadly, he's talking about wealth and possessions, money. The things that we consume, we eat up, we use up, that we finish off. That's the subject that he's talking about here. And so he wants us to show that in all of those things that we consume, you know what, there's opportunities for either good or bad. Some of it is necessary. You have to eat in order to survive. You have to consume some food in order to be healthy and stay alive. We know that, right? That, so it's not a bad thing, but, but what about when it crosses the line? I think that's what he's after in this passage, that there's a line here that can be crossed so that, so that when we gather on that Thanksgiving day and we give thanks to God for all the blessings that he's provided for us, that, that we give the right thanksgiving the right gratitude for the right blessings and not some misplaced gratitude for things that are not blessings meant for us at all, but excessive consumption to harm and destruction of ourselves and others around us. I mean, I think we know a little bit of what what that excessive over-the-line might look like. Let me use one example. One thing that has become a, a rather prominent issue in the last generation or so has been environmental concerns. In the church, at least in the Christian Reformed Church, our denomination, we refer to this issue as climate care, right? That, that we have a responsibility as stewards of God's creation to care for the world that he's given us. And so we carry these concerns for our world, recognizing that there are limits to how much we can consume and use up and throw away. And when we go past those limits, it's actually bad for our world, right? It destroys our world and our environment. So we know there are examples out there of where that line gets crossed and we see that. But how do we identify that in our own lives, right? How do we identify in our own lives where is that line, that boundary between giving the right thanks, the right gratitude to God for the blessings he's given to me or stepping a little too far and giving misplaced gratitude to God for things that actually are not blessings from him? Let me give another example, one that comes from history, right? 200 years ago, 
200 years ago in this country, there were plantation farms that depended on slave labor for their crops to happen. I imagine it would have been true around Thanksgiving for those plantation farmers to give thanks to God for the blessings of the labor, the slave labor they have to enable them to grow those crops and harvest them. But I doubt very much that the African slaves then would give thanks and see that as a blessing, right? That somewhere there's a line, a line in which maybe in our world, in our culture, in the time that we live in, we have a hard time seeing that line. So we count it as a blessing and we give thanks to God. But maybe it's excessive. It's not actually a blessing. But it's our own hoarding, overconsuming, stuffing ourselves too much. How do we identify that? Well, portion control. I think it has to do with portion control. And that is what this author of Ecclesiastes is talking about in this passage, right? How do I identify portion control in terms of God's blessing. So there's another Hebrew word that shows up in this passage. It's the Hebrew word helek. And it shows up twice in this passage translated as lot. But it it means lot in the sense of portion or share or territory. Because sometimes, sometimes when you hear the word lot, maybe you think it's more like a random assignment of fate, right? We, We think of things like casting lots or drawing lots, as something that just is a random assignment of fate that happens. That's not what the Hebrew word here is after. It's not random, but it is an assigned portion. It shows up twice in this passage in those last verses, in verses 18 and 19. Look at where this shows up. This is what he says in verse 18 and 19. This is what I have observed to be good that it is appropriate for a person to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days God has given them, for this is their lot, their assigned portion, their share. Verse 19, Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot, their assigned portion, their share, and be happy in their toil. This is a gift of God. A portion, an assigned portion that comes to each of us. That we think of God's blessing then, not as how much can I get and how much can I take in, but, but identifying, God, what, what is my portion? What's my share? What's been assigned to me? as a gift from God. When my first child was born, Bethany, right? So at the time then, one child, she received 100% of parental attention because she was the only one. Then came Andrew, and then Carissa, and then Jacqueline. And so the portion of parental attention that Bethany received kept going down a bit because there were more kids to parent. Now, does that mean that we loved Bethany less because of that? Not at all. Absolutely not. 
there's still the same amount of parental love there. But because our time is finite, we can only give so much time to one kid at a time. There's a portion that goes out there, even though there's the same amount of love behind it. We live in a world of finite resources, right? There's only so much in this world. So I think what the wisdom writer is telling us here is to recognize that line, that line in which, you know what, with those finite resources, when we start taking more than our portion, more than our share, what it means is somebody else is getting less. We're taking away somebody else's portion, somebody else's share. You see, because I could have, a parent, as a parent, I could have continued to give Bethany 100% of my parental time even when the other kids were born, but that wouldn't work out well for those other kids. She would be robbing their portion for herself in that. We have an assigned portion from God. So some awareness of portion control helps in identifying that. That each one of us receives that blessing from God as an assigned portion. How does that work out in our lives then? What does that look like? As you think through that list and what that looks like, you have some ways to approach that. Some ways to approach that that could go in a few different directions. Since I'm someone in my own life who's, who's been through some of the journey of cancer, you know what? I could, I could make a list of all the things I can no longer do because of what cancer has done to my body. Some of the things that maybe were things that I enjoyed as a blessing from God before that I just can't do anymore. I could do that. Or, and here's where it flips around, okay? Or I could make a list of all the things that I still can do because they still are a blessing from God. That I still have a portion. A portion of blessing that comes from God. So which one are you going to choose to focus on? The things that you wish you could make part of your portion? The things that you chase after and say, I'm going to grab and take that as a part of my portion? Or are we going to focus on a list that comes before us that says, God, let me recognize what it is that still is a part of my portion of what you've given to me. And let me focus on that in ways that help me identify and see that you are the one who gives this. That blessings are best enjoyed when we accept that the blessing comes to us in portions. Portions. Solomon, who writes this in Ecclesiastes, writes elsewhere uh, about the portion that comes to us. A portion that he talks about in Proverbs 30, where he writes this. He writes, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? 
or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. That there is a recognition in here of we best give thanksgiving to God. We best enjoy the blessings he gives when we recognize the portion that comes to us, portions we can manage, portions that are good for us, portions that allow us to flourish in just the right ways. So may we be people who give thanks to God this week for the portion of blessing that he's poured out on our lives. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for the gifts that you give. And Lord, we are sorry for the times when we have longed for and sought after things that are beyond our portion. Lord, help us to focus on what it is we do have from you and give thanks for that, recognizing that you are a God who gives good gifts to your people. And may we then respond to that with thanksgiving and what we may offer back to you in gratitude for what it is you've given to us. Thank you for that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.